John, who writes this and who talks about this, which was read in your hearing, was so-called the beloved disciple. At the Last Supper, he, Peter pointed him. He lay in Jesus' bosom, who it was that should betray him. And, of course, as you know, it was Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. And then he stood also at the cross. He had been with Jesus three years, and now he was his rabbi. He relates how men have been raised from the dead by Jesus. He must see this same Jesus crucified on a cross. And the Jesus' mother, who says, to whom Jesus says, Woman, see thy son. And to that disciple, he says, See thy mother. And that disciple took her into his home. Now, why was this possible? Well, because John was a brother of Zebedee, and together with his brother, they left Zebedee, their father, with the servants in the ship. Apparently, their father had accumulated sufficient funds to have a larger establishment. How marvelous the providence of God. And then at the last, of his, of his gospel, he says, These are written, these many miracles that Jesus did, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and believing you may be saved. And now they want to get rid of him. He's the last of the apostles that has been, that has walked and talked with Jesus. According to tradition, Peter was crucified with head down. Paul was in prison. We don't know for sure. Tradition says he was beheaded. The others are no longer there, except they are with, or were then, and are now with their Lord. But Apostle Paul, it was Domitian's time of persecution. They must get rid of this Jesus of Nazareth, the accursed one, whom they crucified by the hands of wicked men, so now they banish him to a little tiny island where he can't have anything to say anymore. Report is that he lived for many years in Ephesus to proclaim the gospel, but at any rate, they got rid of him as they thought they would. This Jesus, this man whom disciples Jesus loved so much that he gave him the privilege suddenly to heavens opened, he says, and I saw on the throne one sitting, and he was like jasper and sardine stone, the most beautiful things on earth, can yet but simple point to him who sits on the throne. You know, Paul says, I have run my race, I have kept the faith, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, not to me also, but all who loved his appearance. Now these 24 elders have run their race. They've won their crown, but they're casting their crowns down before him who sits above them, lest any of the glory should come not altogether to him. And the living creatures, they cry out, Holy, 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 and he who has created all things, and by him they are and were created. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance which are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos 
because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus, he's no longer speaking of him except a fellow in tribulation. The church is in tribulation. These are the sad days of approaching end when the Antichrist is doing all he can. The Son of God has come into the world to destroy the works of the devil, but the devil never stops. That's his nature. So Satan does all he can, and the Antichrist, who is the first secretary of state of the devil, is hired. He's a hired assassin, if possible, to kill that child, that man-child, which was destined before the foundation to rule the nations with a rod of iron. And now then, the question is, in this book of comfort, like in Isaiah, comfort ye, comfort ye, call upon, call, tell the children of Israel that their sins have been forgiven, that they have received double, that is a receipt. They'll never be counted against him. This is too because of the tribulation. There's no one left to speak, no preacher, and this is the last one. He has no radio outlet, he has no TV to see, but something far better. The heavens are opened. He sees him now glorified. I am the first and the last. I am the omega, the alpha and the omega, and I am now your last disciple because they have persecuted me. They think they can keep me out. They have fenced me in. And they say, well, don't call us, we'll call you, which means they never will. Now then, in the third, fourth chapter, in the fifth chapter, which was read in your hearing, we see the question of who is worthy. We've seen that there are those that are able, because they have done this, but now who is worthy? The angel of the church of Philadelphia Oh, wait a minute. The scroll and the lamb. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, the Father this time, not visible, but the Father, and then he gives to him who sits, lives forever, the twenty-four elders fall down before him. And then he says, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? Who is worthy? Well, of course, you know who is worthy and who has made us worthy in him. It is that one, as Jesus says, to know everlasting life is to know God and to know Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Momentarily we shall see. But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll. They had scrolls, not books, so they could open and unfurl the scrolls and keep reading. To open the scroll, then one of the elders was who said, Do not weep, do not weep. Now, you remember, Jesus wept. He wept over Jerusalem because they were hard-hearted. He wept because of Lazarus that he had died, and, that, and he loved Lazarus and Mary and sister and, and Martha, the sisters. He was intimate. He had frequent living with them, and he ate meals with them. And so he, he wept. And then Peter wept because he betrayed Jesus. And then afterwards, Jesus had a purpose. He must weep 
for his sins that he may become a true defender of Christ. And so he stands before the, he says, Lovest thou me, lovest thou me, three times, and he was grieved. Hey, thou knowest that I love thee. Why ask me three times? Feed my lambs, feed my lambs. I want to be certain. I knew from all eternity, I have chosen you. You have not chosen me, but I want to be sure that you know that you have conviction and that you want now fearlessly. Well, the Sanhedrin put him in jail, but at night, unknown to him, his chains were loosed and he was in the temple again, he and John. And there was a lame man, impotent from his mother's womb, 38 years. He said, well, when somebody else gets in before I can, stand up. Silver and gold do I not have. But this one thing, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I say unto thee, Arise. And he stood up, and he gambled in the temple. So they said, Now, we have told you, have we not? He was called in. They dared not because the people knew that this Jesus was the one through whom Peter spoke. There is none other name given under heaven by which we must be saved than this Jesus whom ye have crucified. Notice how bold he is. This one, he was bold because he has wept for our sins. Only if we have wept for our sins can we fearlessly say, you must weep for your sins, lest you be not saved. So then he says, I wept much. But one of the elders, that is one of the church, is leading instructors, we don't know who individual was, said, weep not, weep not, take your tears Wipe off your tears from your eyes. Weep not, because the Lamb that was slain before the foundation, he is worthy to open the book or open the scroll. What does he mean? Just to get the information? Well, nobody knew what was in it, and now, look here, nobody knew the Bible, and all of a sudden, it's open, and I can read it, and you can read. Okay, that's true, but it isn't the point now it is worthiness, and no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was found worthy. The Lamb, weep not, the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world and was slain on the cursed tree of Calvary outside the gates of Jerusalem. He who was made sin for us knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him in Christ. Now he goes on, Then I saw the Lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne. Now you see, these are figures of speech. There is a throne, and he sits thereon, who gave him the scroll. But you can't be literally in the, in the, in the throne, so it's figuratively. But is the Lamb who was the lion. And he's a lion because he is... He wouldn't be as strong as a lion if he had not the strength of God. And that he has shown by raising himself, as he says, I take my life from myself, I give it of myself. No one takes it away from me. Oh, of course, the soldiers spears me, and that they did. And the, and the Pharisees said, Glory, hallelujah, it is finished with that, that miserable Galilean peasant who couldn't even read. At least most of them, he said, couldn't. They weren't through the eighth grade. Well, now, the point being, of course, that he is worthy. Well, who is worthy? 
He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. His face was so marred we dared not look upon him. By the rich in his death, he was wounded. His head was pressed, his sinless brow, a crown of thorns. His look at him, and his mother was looking there. Just imagine his mother, his mother, also his aunt, but his mother watched him in agony, the sun beating the, the desert sun, the terrible the terrible fever. You can read about that, how that was. And the others, of course, they sometimes they would be there for days. What a mercy it was that Jesus died sooner. And then someone speared him, and we read that they also who have pierced him, that's in Ezekiel, but also in the book of Revelation, because all men shall come before the judgment seat and God has appointed his son, Jesus Christ, to be the judge of all men, quick and dead, whether they shall live or whether they shall die. Then I saw the Lamb, the last seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, that is, the sevenfold strength of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had been at Pentecost. That's the one Holy Spirit. There is no second Pentecost, as our friends, the Pentecostalists, that's an attack on the once-for-all regeneration as the Romanist position that you can say that the church is the continuation of the incarnation. That's an attack on the once-for-all finished coming into the world and crucified, or that the Mass, as they speak of it, is a continuation or repetition, bloody, non-bloody, of the, of the sacrifice. Sacrifice of Christ, the Mass, or the Supper, we say, points to it and is indicative of it, and we must partake it in his remembrance. But you see how wicked it is to, to cut Christ in half when the Pope or any clergyman, he takes the wine and does not give the wine to the laity. I've seen that. You can, may have seen it also when the Pope was on TV. And notice also when the Pope was here that he says, Jesus saved mankind. All men are saved. Now, Bart says all men are fellow men with Jesus. So there is no leftover of difference between Protestantism and Romanism. The Protestant Reformation, in its true significance of the authority, the infallibility, the absolute accuracy and inspiration of the autographer, the originals, is gone, is, is gradually disappearing. Fuller Seminary no longer believes it. At Amsterdam, they don't talk about it anymore. Princeton Seminary, oh no. I was there last year invited by a group of evangelicals. There's leftovers. The others are now, they had pride themselves on being traditional. So-and-so and a Roman Catholic priest and father so-and-so and a Greek Orthodox. What's left of the historic Christian religion, let alone the historic Reformed faith, for which Princeton and the Free University were such valiant fighters. The Free University is now neo-Orthodox. Professor Berkhauer says he's the five articles against the remonstrance. Esau have I hated Jacob. He doesn't believe it. 
So he says, this is doxological, which is non-factual. The situation is open. Now, don't you see? The sovereign grace of God, which was the hallmark, the rock of Gibraltar, of the historic Reformed confessions, whether the confessions such as the Reformed churches or the Presbyterian standards, makes no material difference. That's done for. So we thank God there are those everywhere throughout the world who still believe in the inerrancy of the original scriptures. Some are becoming aware of the need of it, while others are forgetting about it. I know of a Reformed Bible Institute in Calvin, of Calvin. One woman teaching there says, I want eclecticism. Well, it was, it was brought into existence to teach the Reformed faith. And they teach now men up to the seminary level, which is fine. We have a graduated Westminster. But they were no longer doing this thing which they were organized to do. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased men to God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and living creatures and elders, and a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing in him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb to praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped him. Now, we could go on at great length, but I'd like to read a, a bit of the last part of the book of Revelation, because this exactly is what Christ came to do, to destroy the works of the devil, and that means negatively, and to bring the gates of heaven open for those that are redeemed by his blood. When J. Gresson Machen in Bismarck, North Dakota, was on his deathbed with pneumonia, there were no antibiotics, he had spoken with Professor John Murray frequently about the active. He, of course, he had been always talking about the passive obedience. Christ died, but now he must go into the gates of heaven. John, how marvelous the active obedience of Christ. No hope without it. Those are the last words he that was valiant for truth in his life spoke on earth. He's now in glory with his Lord. Now let's read, if I may, a portion of the 20th, 20th chapter, or the 21st. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Now I'm reading this because I think it's more valuable just to read it together, the new heaven and the new earth. Now you see, we are also told the heavens and the earth fled away. There was no more mention of them. Well, that's the old earth, this earth, of which Peter says that it shall be devoured, the elements shall be devoured with flaming, with burning flame. 
Now then, this new, not the Jerusalem that is, that Egypt where, Egypt where our Lord was crucified, but this is the new Jerusalem in which all the saints of God from the Old and the New Testament are anxious to go, and there they will go. There I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. Now the sea is the symbol of endlessness, turning and toiling, the restless sea foaming up its own shame. There can be ocean, the seven seas, you can go round and round, and there's never an end. The rivers end, run into it, evaporation, monotonous, always the same thing. But it is not the water of life. It is salt water, which if you drink, you will die of thirst. Well, now that salt water, endlessly, seven seas in the Salt Lake City Lake, which is so salt that you can't drown yourself in it because you will just float if you tried it, which I didn't. Uh, <laughs> he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new that is old. The new, the old is this old world. Now this is not a bad world. God created all things. He made them good. But because of Adam's sin, he said, the ground will be cursed and thorns and thistles it will bring forth. But now, not thorns and thistles, but soon we'll see something far better. And he carried me away in the spirit. Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Now you see, constantly, the marriage relation is related to the church. Husbands, love your wife, even as Christ loved his church. Now you see... The Church of Jesus Christ of the Old and the New Testament are constantly set under the terms of the nuptial relations, like Isaiah, I loved you, I loved you, as a husband loves his wife, his bride. But he would not listen. He went, became a adulterous generation. He sought after other gods, and so you didn't love me, but return unto me, and I will still take you back. There is no end of his love. You don't say love is God, God is love, but God did love his world, that is, not the created world as such, but those that repent in it. For God so brought not the peace into the world to destroy, but to save. But they that believe not are condemned already because they believe not. One of the seven angels who had been seen the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues, came, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is was the city of David. And the song that David sings, you know, Jerusalem, like when the ba in Babylon, how shall we sing our songs? We've hung our harps upon the willows. Ere may my right hand forget his cunning, before I forget thee, Jerusalem, the city of David, and of David's greater son. Well, also where David's greater son was crucified. So there are two ways. There's the Jerusalem, 
which now is and was destroyed in the year 70 or thereabouts by the Roman hordes and was rebuilt never because it became a symbol of the corruption. The corruption of the best is always the worst. Now that is not a problem that it works, but it's because it is ordained. He who has most responsibility and doesn't live up to it will be like he who knows the way and is, does not walk in it. He will be beaten with many stripes. He who has never heard the way is still responsible, is still lost, but he will not be so severely dealt with as is he who knows the way. So relatively speaking, we who have heard the Reformed faith the full gate, beware lest we be found in those who says ye have learned much, so ye also shall receive much reward in the wrong direction. The angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, the gates, and its walls. The city was laid out four square as long as it was wide. He measured the city with a rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length as wide and high as it is long. He measured its wall and it was 144 cubits thick, the man's measurement which the angel was using. The wall was made of jasper, the city of pure gold, as pure as glass. Foundations of the city of the wall were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper and the others meant like them. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The street of the city was of pure gold, like transparent glass. Now you see how beautiful it is, unbelievably beautiful. That's the promise. That's why it's a book of comfort. You are in sorrow, you are benighted, you have one grief after another, and you are wondering, does the Lord care for me? Well, he may not give you much in this life, but the promise is that he said to the malefactor, this day thou shalt be with me in paradise, and Paul says in Philippians, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. That is, he says right after that, because then I am with the Lord. Well, to be with the Lord, you husbands know that when you come home, to be with your wife is the best. If you have all kinds of difficulties in the home, you have peace, and there you can eat and drink in peace. Now, don't you see, this is to be with the Lord is far better, but he still thought he ought to, because then he can useful work. Well, it is still useful because he can continue no matter how long we have served the Lord or have tried to serve him. There is much work to be done as the Old Testament. There is much territory to be conquered. They were entered into, they knew the gospel or they had the promised land, but there were many not driven out of the heathen. So there are certainly not, as Paul says, I am the chief of sinners. If each of us say, Paul, you were mistaken, no, but in your own mind, I too, we say, chief of saints, least, least of saints, the chief of sinners. That doesn't have to be you murdered and did this and that. But in your heart of heart, you know that you haven't loved Christ as you should and as you could have done. And that you have done 
as much as you could so that others too may hear of him and be brought out of darkness into his marvelous light. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the greatest great street of the city that is Broadway Broad Street is north and south miles and miles in Philadelphia and the cars are going like that but suddenly they hit City Hall they stop they don't hit it but you can't move it but this is the broad the highway of righteousness is, is broad you remember in, in uh, Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress the way is narrow and the wicked gate but the bundle of sin has rolled. I saw it in a movie. You can saw like a big suitcase full of sins rolling down, rolling down, rolling down. And Mr. Worley says, well, now you can keep this business for yourself because I don't want any such thing. I don't want to go through the death spot on the other side. That's your imagination. I'll go back. Well, he went back to the city of destruction and Bunyan's pilgrim went forth to the glorious gates to the delectable mountains and beyond and beyond to the new Jerusalem. Jai John am the one who heard and saw these things. That is, he saw what? Well, he saw all that these trumpets saw. That is, he heard of the 144,000 that are calling for vengeance and other 144,000 that are waiting and that are going and then the innumerable hosts as the sands of the seashore and as the stars for multitude they are singing the hallelujah chorus and there's no end to it there is no end to that road and glory be that there isn't and you are on the way the angel said to me there is no more night night is have you ever been in a cave and turned off the electric switch well now Take your little kids down there and I'll see how they like it. You may shiver yourself. You hear owls or you hear growling or you hear the bats flying around your head. It's a bad thing to be in a cave. Darkness is a symbol of eternal darkness. Now, the darkness of the night scares children. Does it scare you? The darkness of eternal night must scare us it shouldn't scare us because we have light of life. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And so we are walking in the light and need not fear darkness of this world or the darkness of the hereafter. I, John, same John, of course, your brother in tribulation, the beloved disciple, I, John, am the one who heard and saw heard and saw all these things and when I heard and see had seen them I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been throwing showing them but he said do it not I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers the prophets and all who keep the words of this book worship God now constantly I your fellow servant now certainly Jesus said he came not to he came to minister he washed the feet uh, he is a fellow servant if Jesus is a servant we are the servant of the great servant 
We are the little s of the great servant. If he washed the disciples' feet, we don't have to do that literally, but we should certainly humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God and help the poor and the afflicted and all those that are in special need, especially are in need spiritually. You recall in Matthew 25, the latter part of it, that Jesus said, if you have done these little things, you have given me one loaf of bread. When did we do that? Well, you did it to these little ones that needed it, and so much you have done it to me. Then at his left, well, we saw you in Nazareth. We were there. We saw you make pigeons out of wood and threw them up, and they flew. That's in the not in the autograph, but in the false. But anyway, the point they knew. Jesus said, "I never knew you." Two ways of knowing. Physically, I know Tom, Dick, and Harry. But spiritually, he says, I know you not. Well, if Christ does not know you, then he will not, if you have not given yourself over and been ashamed of him, he will be ashamed of you before the Father and the angels. Now, the, the law was given through the angels. Who are the angels? They are sent out as, as spirits to aid, to help those in misery. The angel of the Lord protects me. Behold, I sleep. The rest, I fear not. Don't care what things are out. The bears or the lions may scream and howl and say, we're coming to, to devour you. Don't you see? I have, I sleep, I sleep. I don't need sleeping pills. You remember Lamech was a bolster? He says, Ada and well of Zilla, wives of Lamech. There's a superstition that marriage was monogamous, but that didn't bother me. I've forgotten the Bible, and there is the Word of God. Cain was bothered that he killed Abel. Well, I've got a son who has invented swords, and so I take one of those sons, and if some youngster doesn't like me, I cut him up in slices, and I can don't need sleeping pills. In other words, the depth of degradation million abortions asked on demand ministers of the gospel openly saying and telling the world that they are homosexuals are given the gospel ministry in the Hareva Medicating which was strong in Kuiper's day where is this world coming to as Schaefer's film says what the world is happening to the world well he has pictures and pictures it is the way of death instead of the way of life. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done, the reward of grace, not of merit. What have ye, says Paul, that ye have not received? Salvation is not of works, of grace, not merit. As the Roman Catholic Church says, you do so much and you get so many points. We don't get points as... Paul says, Who are you that you rebel against this? It is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of the mercy of God that you are saved. And so if you object that Esau have I hated, well, have I not right to do with the potter as the clay? The sovereign electing grace, we do not revel in the fact, we revel in the fact that we are chosen, and that we may pray for others whom, of whom we now do not think they are chosen. 
but we labor with him and we speak to them and we are kind to them and we speak to them of the Bible and of the great message that it contains. I am the Alpha and the Omega to everyone to what he has done, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that is, wash them in the blood of the Lamb, that they may have right to the tree of life. Now, the tree of life in the paradise was the tree of life, because man, because he had sinned, was driven forth from it. And Jesus is called the tree of life, because in him is life, in him alone is life. And now, since those that have believed in Jesus as the tree of life, shall be in the renewed paradise, and they shall eat of it. They don't now need to fear that they shall be like God, as they want, as God says they would like to be, and Satan through the serpent said they would be, and they were sure of it, that God was wrong and he was right. Well, now the devil has been shown not only to be right, but ethically reprehensible and worthy of eternal death in hell, and in the eternal pit. Now then, he says, and outside are the dogs. Now the dogs were the fearful beasts at night in Jerusalem. They would tear people to pieces. That's, the dog is not the average cur that we have and that we pet, but it's the dog that, the wild dogs in Africa are said to be worse than wolves because they're more cruel. They tear things to pieces. They don't eat, but they want to tear as though they were like emin as though they had been hired assassins. I, Jesus, sent my murderers, sexually immoral, idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Thou shalt not tell lies. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Now notice the name Jesus says, Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the root of David, that is, David's offspring and greater son. You know, and and, uh, Peter says, look, David, his tomb is here, but the greater son, David said, oh, how I love thy Lord. But Christ said, I do love the Lord so much that I voluntarily gave my life for those that are without the Lord and those that are in the clutches of the demons of hell, I gave my life that they may live. That's the one that's offspring of David, the son. The bright and morning star, if you've ever, the morning star is the same as the evening star, is the one that twinkles, twinkles all night long, pitch dark, not in the cave because you've shut him out, but he is the bright in all the darkness, no matter how dark, all the night through, it's the same star that's Jesus. He is the light of life for him who loves him. There is no night there. Well, night is terrible, but darkness is worse. If it's pit dark, pitch darkness, if it's eternal darkness, and I am the bright. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Now the Holy Spirit and Jesus the Christ, who sent the Holy Spirit with the Father, as the spirit of comfort, as the spirit of truth, which we are also, uh, we are urged to set forth the full Christian faith. We need not be ashamed of it. Nothing else can do anything unless you have the full sovereign electing grace of God 
if you begin, as it were, to tear down in the way the idea of free will independently of God, usually we call it Arminianism, because good, well-meaning evangelical Christians haven't seen that, which is there to see, that God says, I have chosen you before the foundation of the world that you should be without blemish. Well, if you are chosen before the foundation of the world, you couldn't believe or disbelieve. The story is of bird and his donkey. He chased a bale of hay here, and a bale, he was right there, but he couldn't make up his mind. He had a free will, so he died. Well, now that's free will. If you don't have something to will about, against or not, the will is within the counsel of God, or it means worse. And if you say that it is that, then I've said you've not. You've said it isn't what God in Scripture says it is, and that's not good for your soul, and that's wicked in the church that undermines the truth as it is in Jesus. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds thereunto, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. How many plagues are in this book? Hundreds of them. The plagues of grasshoppers, the plagues of the bloody river, the plagues of Egypt, the plagues of, of grasshoppers, the plagues of this and that have plagued the children. The bubonic plagues killed thousands. Well, now, there is no plague anymore, which means is the symbol of putrid putrefaction, the whiteness, the paleness of the horse. He is white as death. Now, that is a sad thing to think of. If anyone takes words away from this book of prophecy, now the whole book is the word of prophecy. That is, it's the declaration of what is true. Jesus says, I have not come to destroy Moses and the prophets, but I have come to fulfill them. So he is the great prophet, the great priest, and the great king. Now, if it is he who speaks to us, the great prophet who cannot lie, on whom the other prophets, from whom they received instructions and information, the great king through whom the world was made, in the beginning, says John, was the word, and the word was God. And through him all things were made, not anything that was made, but was made by him. That is, Jesus Christ, of him, to him, unto him, are all things. We must eat or drink or do all things to the glory of God in Christ Jesus. What shall we do, says the Apostle Paul? How shall we pray? We cannot pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit prays within us, through us, for us, with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. What can separate us from the love of God? Can anything, can Satan, can the world, can life, can death? Nothing can separate us from the world, from that death itself, because of Christ Jesus, who sits at the right hand of the Father to make intercession for us on the basis of his finished work, when he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And when he said, quoting the scriptures, It is finished, and he gave up the Spirit. Rejoice with great rejoicing. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. Now, if God's going to add to the plagues, how great must those plagues be? 
And if anyone takes words away, God will take away from him the share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book, the book of Revelation. But you know, the book of life, before the, they that are written therein, our names, our tears are gathered into a bottle, our souls are bound in the bundle of the living. All of them are scripture phrases, but the exact opposite is always there. So that is what, that why the Lamb is worthy. No one could be worthy not only to open but to inform, but actually to do these things because it isn't a question of information. It's a question, first of all, of merit, and that merit is of Christ and his blood. What can save my soul from sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can save me from eternal death? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. All things are without blood. There is no remission of sins. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we, send, we, send, we thank thee that thou didst send thine only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not, be, should not perish. But may we also remember the words that he who believes not is condemned already. We have read this book of comfort. We have taken comfort because we are not to weep because of the, the Lamb of the slain before the world. The Lion of the tribe of Judah, the bright and morning star, has lifted us out of death into life, has given us light from darkness, has saved us from eternal death, from the pit of darkness, with Satan and his angels prepared for them before the foundation of the world. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.